The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. Every other character but Wonder Woman, I just chop them out. They're not necessary. I mean, they're they don't they don't hurt. They're not like they're like really people. It's more like okay, okay, fine. That's there, but it's not necessary. It's not story related. It's in there for a reason. I mean, it's a world building reason. It's world building reason, but it's yeah. also but they don't go world building the opposite direction where they need to because. Because in the context of how Batman behaves, there's a lot of, everybody's talking about how Batman's like you know killing people in this movie. That's right. right um, and again, we come back to real world physics. I mean, comic book fight scenes are really really cool, but if you were to actually have them translate into film, you get things that are going to look like a lot more like the Daredevil fight scenes all the time. Yeah. Um, and people get killed in those sort of things. I mean, you hit you hit somebody. I mean, in the real world, you hit somebody in the face that hard, they're usually going to die. Um, so, I mean, if again, rooting this in the real world, you end up with a character who, by default, by just reality, by physics, by human the human body construction, they're going to get killed. Um, but you also establish that this is a this is a Batman who is angry. He's angry in a way that he's. We don't see him angry. I mean, he's got. He's you know, dead Robin. Uh, he's watched Gotham. You know, he's basically had because the implication is that it's ten years since Robin was killed, right? And so you've got somebody who has basically been this anger and this 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 watching his city crumble. And he t- he talks about it in the course of the film. You know, after all these years, mm-hmm. you know, how, how how effective have we been? And then, of course, there's on top of this, there's this, you know, alien and super destruction and all these things. Right. So, again, context. I talk about context all the time. But context, you can understand to a degree, but this film actually needs a minute and a half or five minutes of of Alfred basically going, you know, you have been on this path for a while. You've been getting, you know. And it makes sense. I mean, there's in the context of the world they built us. Yeah. Um, whether people like it or not, it's internally consistent. Um, and uh, yeah, but again, rooting things in the real world. Marvel did when Marvel did Supreme. Okay, one of their one of their variants of the Squadron Supreme story. Of mm-hmm. course, Squadron Supreme for people who don't know was Marvel's pastiche parody version of the Justice League. So you had Hyperion, which was Superman. You had Power Princess, who was Wonder Woman. Um, goodness, I can't remember all the names of the characters. Nightwing, uh, or, or not Nightwing. There was I can't remember the name of the, the, the Batman uh, the Batman analog. But anyway, right. uh, they've been villains. They've been heroes. Uh, Squadron Sinister, Squadron Supreme. They've had alternate reality versions of them. Um, and then there was the uh, Supreme series, which was rooting those characters in the real world. Hmm. Hmm. Um, And what you ended up with was a very interesting look at some of these characters 
through the modern eye in a world that where everything behaved like ours does. It was very not very comic booky, mm-hmm. um, and you actually kind of got what um, Jonathan Kent of Man of Steel was afraid of, because the Hyperion was raised by the government. They found the ship. Oh, the government right, found right. the ship. And they grew, they grew, basically raised him in an artificial environment until he realized that he was being deceived and lashed out and killed his fake parents and basically said, okay, that's enough. We're done with the, we're done with the lies and broke out. So you have someone who is very inhuman, no connection to the inhumans, Mm -hmm. Um, but so you had a, you had a Superman uh, with a space in between the two, right? Uh, who was very, very alien. You had uh, Power Princess was one of the one of the significant changes. She kind of became this monster thing, um, this energy vampireish kind of thing. But anyway, it was it was an interest it was an interesting spin on the characters. But you could do something like that when you've got characters who are, you know. The, they had a mini series in the eighties, right? And they had, you know, they would appear in Avengers titles a lot, but they were they never had like the kind of, you know, huge following. So you know, the kind of characters you can go off and experiment with, play with. So by default, setting it in our world automatically makes it darker, because superhero worlds, no matter how. No matter what's happening in them, they are a certain degree of wish fulfillment and fantasy and distinctly short on real financial crises and real terrorism and real crazy election seasons. Right. Although I hear that Loki's running for president now over I, on the I, Marvel I've side heard, of things. I've heard of that. And, of yeah. course, Lex uh, became president. He did. And uh, so... Yes. So there's some crazy stuff there. That's that's the ticket that we need now. Loki and Luthor. Yes. Yes. Loki and Luthor versus Cthulhu and Dagon, and <laughs> let you know, and, <laughs> let and, the chips fall the, where they and may. The third party run would be Han and Chewie. <sighs> but can they get enough advertising to actually be a credible? <laughs> hey, ship made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. <laughs> <laughs> to put this conversation into context, my name is Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey, sitting Hello. across. And uh, this is H2O. Thank you very much for for joining us again this week here on Sci-Fi For Me Radio. I had an idea of a topic mm-hmm. earlier this week. Uh, Jason Rothenberg, who's the showrunner for The 100, oh, yeah. has been under a lot of fire on the Internet for killing off Lexa the way uh-huh. he did. Right. The whole barrier gaze trope. Yep. And there are a couple of different aspects of it. There's the accusation that he deliberately misled the viewers, the fans, that Lexa was going to be okay at the end and da-da-da or whatever. That's the that's province of every thing. writer. Yeah. That's one thing. And then, of course, the barrier gaze trope and the fact that he's sitting there saying that he hadn't thought about that when you've got other writers sitting there saying, yes, we talked about it in the writer's room. Mm. And, you know, know, there's that he said, she said, he said, he said thing. And then 
I, the the more I've been thinking about it, the more I've been thinking, I don't think the barrier gaze trope is the trope that everybody claims it to be. And then I got to thinking about it a little bit more. And I and, and the more I thought about it, because there are so many different angles that you can look at this whole thing from. Sure. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, for every for every time you have a same-sex couple where something like this happens, I could show you a hetero couple. I could, I, could th- I can think of four four examples out of Star Trek alone, out oh, of sure. the original series, where this kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. Is it a trope? Yes. Happy, happy, happy death sure. changes the hero. Right. And the more I thought about it, and, and, and the more I got to thinking about it today... I just, I just, I just, I just don't care. I'm not. not I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> no matter what side of the argument you come down on, mm-hmm. somebody's going to tell you you're wrong. Sure. Um, the fact that I am a, a straight white Christian male automatically puts me in the default category that I'm wrong. Anyway. And I just, you know, Not necessarily. I'm, I'm, and I'm tired. I'm exhausted from this, this from working twelve hour days on this, sure, on this yeah. MTV gig. And I'm like, I just, I just don't want to put the, I just don't want to put the energy into it. <laughs> well, I will, I will say, I will say one thing that you don't have to be wrong about it. Remember, of course, it's perspective. There are many, many, many more straight couples in entertainment than there are gay couples. Consequently, yeah. If you only have if you have a hundred straight couples on television and two gay couples on television, and you kill off the gay couple, one of the one of the two gay couples on television, mm-hmm. automatically it's like, well, wait a minute, okay. <laughs> you've just destroyed X percent okay. of yeah. So but, so but, it beca- but see the thing, but here okay, if you look at census data. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. No, wait, 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 wait. Okay, no, because because the whole representation thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you go off the census data, th- any depending on the number, mm-hmm. anywhere between five and ten percent identify as non-straight. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, using that as a baseline, mm-hmm. if you have ten percent, I'll I'll go with the high number. If you have ten percent of characters. In the entertainment side of TV and film, mm-hmm. not the reality shows or anything yeah, yeah, like right. that, the, the the scripted narrative stuff. Mm-hmm. If you have ten percent, and if you look at this particular trope, mm-hmm. lovey you know lovey dovey scene death. I wonder. If the percentages would match up, if if you look at well, I don't know because, you, uh, because that's the trope. Well, but but it, but it, the thing is that it's, it's just an extension of fridging. Okay, it's an it's an outgrowth of fridging, well. and so and when you look at the number of characters, the the real number of characters who have been fridged, and again for the folks at home, fridging is the. Fridging was going on a whole lot earlier than well, when yeah. they gave it when they did it to Kyle Rayner. I mean, well, yeah, it, but it, beca- that, it, it became see, the obvious thing at that point. But right, but the the idea here, though, from a story perspective, if you have a show, gay, straight, alien, whatever, if you have a show that centers around a group of people. Mm-hmm. Or even if you have an ensemble where you have a couple of breakout stars. Mm-hmm. The stories are going to be geared toward how they affect that character. 
or those characters in the sure. case of you know uh-huh. the, if you have the Trinity or you have a triumvirate or something like that. And I can I can get Rothenberg's point of view where he's sitting there saying we have a char- we have we have an actress who is no longer going to be available because of contracts. Sure. Contractually obligated, she has to leave our show. She's never coming back because she's over here on Fear the Walking Dead now. So we have to get rid of this character. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you watched the show? Have you watched the 100? I have not watched the 100. The body count on the 100, if you get through an episode without somebody dying, it's an odd episode. Mm-hmm. It's an anomaly. Sure. I I watched, I binged it because when Hope started doing her recaps for us, I figured, well, I probably ought to know what this show is about. So I binge watched it on Netflix. I caught up. And then I watched, you know, the the repeats over on on CW's website. So I'm I'm caught up where everybody else is now. Okay. So I like I know what's going on. I know what people are talking about. And you have you have that aspect of it. you have an actress who's who's not going to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. You have an environment where people die all the time. Sure. You have a story universe in which you have uh, warring factions mm-hmm. of surviving humans. They don't just not get along. Right. They're killing each other. And the whole the whole mentality of this story universe is we kill you before you kill us. Right. I mean it's it's survival of the fittest taken to the extreme. So somebody's going to die. Sure. In that context, somebody's going to die every episode. It's not a surprise. And when you figure that this whole Clark, Lexa, Sky Crew, Grounders, every, all of this, you know, trying to get everybody together in a coalition thing, thing, there's this political narrative that's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, t- take away the gender of the characters for a minute. Political leader finds a new advisor. New advisor says, hey, there's a better way to do things that ends up with not everybody being dead. So the political leader sits there and goes, hmm, I kind of like this idea of not being dead. Everybody not being dead, we all get along. That's kind of not a bad idea. Sure. Generally speaking. Yes. So the advisor that political leader is no longer listening to sits there and says, this is a very bad idea because people are going to uh, people are going to rebel against your leadership because you're doing something that we've never done before. And so ousted advisor decides he's going to kill the new advisor in order to get us back on track the way things ought to be, the way we've always done them. Okay, so in that context you know it's a political narrative mm-hmm. so that's that's the th- that's one of the threads so you've got an actress leaving mm-hmm. you've got the politics mm-hmm. of the different groups and whatnot and then you have this idea of the artificial intelligence um the uh, Erica Sarah's character Allie is an AI and 
the idea of the commander being reincarnated. There's this idea of reincarnation that's part of the culture of the grounders. The commander has this spoilers ahead folks the the commander of the of the grounders has this uh, artificial intelligence chip inserted in the back of her neck so not only does she have her own experiences but she's got the experiences of everybody else who's had that chip from the beginning when she dropped onto the planet okay mm-hmm. so you've got these three different things in play you have an actress got to leave you got the politics You've got somehow to work in the fact that this chip keeps getting passed on from commander to commander to commander. So your answer is you kill off that character. Sure. Okay. Then you add the gender back into it. Sure. And now suddenly it's a thing. Well, but it's not, it's not an isolated thing. That because the, uh, ultimately, I think the biggest issue comes down to the fact that it's, it seems to be a thing. What's happening a lot in a relatively short period of time across across different shows. Okay, and that becomes a and uh, I, well, see, I didn't want to get in, I didn't want to get into this because I knew it was going to get political. Because I'm going to get political for a second. Mm. You have there. Mm, I don't know how to say this without without. Well, I'm just going to say it because I'm too tired to care. There are – and we've talked about this before. There are organizations and there are groups that profit, benefit in some way, shape, or form from having a victim class in our society. Oh, you poor thing. You're oppressed by the man. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Ted Cruz is running on that entire, on that entire uh, viewpoint. Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. They stir the pot. Whoever it is, I'm just going to you know just sure, you know sure, I mean right. doesn't matter what side of the aisle it doesn't right. matter. There are there are people that like to kick things up. You have groups that want to be treated equally, mm-hmm. everybody else, just treat us like everybody else. Only they're not happy with being treated like everybody else. They want to be treated more special than everybody else. Now, wait, 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 wait. Because mm-hmm. you're digging yourself a you're, you're, know, you're, digging, well, you're digging yourself dig- a, you're digging yourself a logic hole right now. So well, go, no, keep go on. No, no, no you're not, it's, it's not a it's, it's, it's not, not a political not hole you're doing. You're digging yourself a logic hole. Well, if you want to be treated the same, then the tropes that are out there mm-hmm. are going to apply to you just as much as they apply to anybody else. It happened to Jim Kirk. It happened to James Bond. It happened to Bruce Wayne. It happened to you know. To pick pick a hero, and it doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship. Sure. As long as it's a strong emotional relationship. The Lone Ranger, his brother dies. Bruce Wayne, parents die. You know. Yeah. Okay. But no, 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 no. Clark Kent, his entire planet dies. Yeah, I mean, there, there's all something. that. All that's backstory, though. Well, that's yeah. origin. That's not well, a. That's true, but that's not developing a character. Okay, James Bond, Casino Royale. He falls in love with Vesper Lynn, right? Sure, Eva Green's right. character, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He's going to run away with her. He's going to be done. They're going to mm-hmm. go away and disappear. Yep. What happens? She, she dies in she, Venice. She dies dumb in Venice. Right. <laughs> but the it's not about her. The story's not about her, and, and right. with the one hundred, the story's not about Lexa. The story's about Clark. Right, but the, but when it, we should never be defending a trope. I'm not defending the trope. 
And we and I'm saying that the trope has been appropriated and and misapplied. It's not that narrow of a trope. I think that trope happens no matter what the orientation of the okay, character. Okay, but when it's spread out, when you when you have a smaller number of people who fit a certain demographic, whether it's black, white, straight, gay, Christian, Muslim, mm-hmm. if those are the characters, it's you know, um, quite justifiably, okay, Homeland. All right, really well written show. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, you know, but understandably has caught quite a bit of backlash from American Muslims going, "We're not all terrorists." You know that, right? Um, because that is a recurring theme, right? right? It keeps popping up so much so that it was one of the one of the production artists actually worked. Uh, I su- I saw some of that. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and uh, um, which I thought. As a production artist, nice job. Um, but because only the people who would be able to read it would understand there and go, hang on a second. Yeah. Um, and it went by very, very quickly anyway, so most people couldn't catch it even if they could. But um, when you have that kind of thing happen, when you, when you, when, if you are a member of that group, if you, whatever that group is, mm-hmm. um, and you find yourself being portrayed your your group of people being portrayed in a manner that is either lazy writing because in some cases for example Dustin and I really believe that the death of Denise in the Walking Dead was lazy writing right and it was right okay um we, and and an example of you know of uh did she wait did she have a romantic encounter before she had her epiphany and she died uh, she had a very, very casual in terms of portrayal. Um, mm-hmm. It was not a big deal. It was just a, it was like, oh, she and Tara are together, right? Okay, but Tara's Tara's off the show right now because the actress is pregnant and right. having a baby. Okay, so she's away. When she comes back, she's going to be. Um, I presume. I don't know if she's going to make it back before the end of the season. She may not. Anyway. Um. Yeah, that whole that whole bit is just bad writing. Okay. Right. Okay. And not to mention, you know, add the other add the other trope. I'm going to give the emotional speech. Oh, sure. And then die. Sure. Right. Right. So so it was a, it was a it was a combination of things on that one. But it's also it's also when when you when you on that show, you have two gay characters mm-hmm. essentially. You have um four four ultimately because both of them are in committed relationships. Right. But um, Tara's off the show right now. Denise has been the focus of of that couple. Uh, Aaron, uh, who we were introduced to early on, has been on the show not very much right. lately, uh, which is a shame because he's a well-written character uh, when he's there. And, you know, it's it's one of the several problems Walking Dead has dealing with, with characters who aren't the main characters, right? We've mm-hmm. we've been talking about for years the fact that there can only be two male, two black males on the show at any given time, right? Um, and in a state like Georgia, yeah, you would expect to find more. Um, where if you want to play, you know, go straight demographics, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder about Alexandria. That entire town is really white. <laughs> It's like, hmm, interesting. Um, well, and and if you want to stare directly at that too long, you can see how white Alexandria was and how black the prison populace, the survivors of the prison were. Right. 
So, you know, but I think it really comes down to your, your, your gay audience, gay and lesbian audience is an actual thing now. I mean, they're, they are, they are, and I'm not denying that. And they are willing, and they are willing to, to do what every audience uh, wants to do, which is tell the creators what they think. Right. And, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. And the audience, and, and while we are getting gay characters who are written like people, as opposed to, hey, it's my gay neighbor. Right. Or, you know, um, Sean Hayes and Will and Grace. Yeah. And, yeah. And and Will and Grace is an interesting example for those of us who are old enough to remember when that was a fairly groundbreaking show, mm-hmm. because we had, you know, not only did you have the crazy neighbor, but you had the centered, ordinary guy who just happened to be gay. Yeah, which was a rarity on television for a very long time. A very long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, if I remember right, he was that was that was the first show where your lead character wasn't uh, straight. When was Ellen? When did Ellen did Ellen She didn't come out until after that. Did she really okay. I, think. I, I couldn't remember. I think I could be wrong. Yeah, I can't remember, but um it's it was in the same ballpark of time though. Right. Because she had a successful show, you know, not before she came out, playing a straight version of the character. Mm-hmm. So just like any just like an uh, an Asian audience or a black audience or a gay audience or a white audience, um, um, you know, Muslim audience or a Christian audience, when you are seeing yourself portrayed in a way that doesn't feel right or fair, mm-hmm. obviously you should say something, right? Because because sure. it is because it is a business exchange. You know, it is, it's a market. Right. You either watch the show or you don't. And since we're still paying attention to Nielsen ratings for reasons, <laughs> uh, and commercial sales and all that stuff, right? Um, now it's of course, and we've talked about this before. It's all changed with cable and and just the structure of of television. But anyway, um, because of that, uh, those audiences, because they're seeing themselves on the screen or someone like them, they're going to be more sensitive to what's happening in that character. And if you're seeing, and if you're yeah. seeing a trend where you're, and I, I, it seems to really happen to a lot more. I mean, it's it's not just it's not just the barrier you're gay. It's it's your it's the um, the lesbian sacrifice. I think I think we see more of the lesbian sacrifice because it seems to be it's which, I, which is why I say it's a variation of fridging because fridging is almost inevitably the female character, right? The girl dies so that the male hero can have the reason to fight on. And the lesbian and, and the, the lesbian sacrifice is the same thing, mm-hmm. um, because it's you know it's just it's just the the person who's who's going on to fight on right. doesn't necessarily have to be the romantic interest. It's the friend of right. It's the it, it's usually the straight male friend of. But that happens in stories all the time. I mean. Not sure. Say, not saying. I mean, and and some of it could be lazy writing. Some of it could be hand of the writer, and it's mm-hmm. a tra- you know, it's it's a trope because it's a thing. Yeah. But sometimes that's the story. I mean, that's that's the you know where 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 whether that's the story the writers choose to tell because that's what they want to tell, or if the story goes that direction because there's no other 
there's no other best way to tell it. I don't think anyone. Kind of thing I don't think anyone is calling for this never to appear in the, ever again because that's just not that's not something that's going to happen in terms of writing because there's only so many different ways to tell a story. But I don't think that it matters the orientation of the characters. Well, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. But but every time but every time but you if get, you're looking, this is the, this is the thing. This is this is where I'm saying that it plays into the victim class. Is how dare you treat us like this type of thing? Where and, and yes, I get the sensitivity thing, but if you have Christians and, and, and if you have Christians complain about how they're portrayed in Hollywood, they get scoffed at. Oh no, you're just being silly. You know how? You know, and that. I and I would take issue with that because it depends on what they're complaining about. Well, yeah, I mean it's like anything else. Because but I the, the, the Christians are frequently derided. In media, well, you know this. Well, okay, but I mean, look at Io Nine. Look at Io Nine is always pounding on Christians for whatever reason. But also bear in mind that the idea that somehow there are not Christians in Hollywood is garbage. Seventy. I, I never said that. I know, but seventy percent of the country identifies as Christian, which means a significant chunk of Hollywood does as well. Now. I think a well, lot of when the... I say media, as in both Hollywood and the news media. Well, even the news media, a good chunk of them are Christian too. Just because there, there's a there's a hundred and fifty, and I'm not making up that number. A hundred and fifty different flavors of Christianity. There is no monolithic Christianity in America or anywhere on the planet. No, I know. So, and it, Christianity is a spectrum. From extremely liberal to extremely conservative, and the idea somehow. Well, and the people who complain on the Christian side, the loudest, mm. are often the, are, are the equivalent of the victim group, because they're not getting well, their yeah, way. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that's that's. I mean, so that is that is uh, true to a certain extent. Yes. Okay. So it's the it, it, so it's kind of the same thing that we're talking about here, but uh, Faith is faith, and you guys, and whoever, whatever you're, you're practicing, you're practicing. Here in this particular situation, what there's, what it looks like is happening from the point of view of whether, whether now it's now it's it's uh, uh, your gay audience, it's been your black audience before, and your Asian audience before. Mm-hmm. If you're seeing a trend of things that are happening to characters like you, right, and it's happening a lot, and it's not like spread over like you know, and yes. Yes, because we are getting more realistic, well-written gay characters. Mm-hmm. Just like when we were starting to get realistic, well-written black characters or Asian characters or Hispanic characters. Sure, and that's progress, and that's good. It's all it, yeah, we, yeah. We want, and we want more of this. But the thing is, is that what we're also getting is almost an acceleration of all those other tropes slammed into those demographic groups all at once. Well, so how, you're, how else are you going to do it, though? Because, <laughs> better see, writing. Well, <laughs> better writing. Better and, writing is always the answer to everything. Well, yes. But if you're, but if you're going to get into, I don't know how to say this. If, you, if you're going to get into representation, you know, issues of representation and diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, like like they're always saying we need more of. Not saying they're wrong. There needs to be a balance. Everything needs to be you know there. But. If your writing is better, mm-hmm. and if your representation among the cast are better, mm-hmm. then proportionally there is going to be an acceleration because 
it, it, there's more, there are more opportunities for that to happen to the group you identify with that hasn't been there before. You see sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but, we've got how, how many years? A hundred years of Hollywood killing off the girlfriend to make the hero the, the, the hero. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, with the white straight male guy, you know, that, yeah, that but, thing. But even, but, but even then, when, when fridging started happening, when we started noticing fridging happening. Yeah, there's two different things. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But when fridge, well, when fridging became an obvious thing, it's like, you know, could we please kill her for some other reason? Mm. You know, and I think that's probably what it is, is that we are seeing some very sloppy writing. No matter what the backstory is, no matter what the, if the actor is leaving the show or, you know, whatever, whatever is happening behind the scenes, what, we're, what the audience is getting right. on screen is a repeat of whatever, hence a trope. Mm. But if you keep, if you, if you're our, you know, it's like, okay, it's like Walking Dead. If every time a new black male character shows up on the show, the yeah, audience sits there and goes, well, which one of these two already current black members of the show have got to die? Yeah. You know, because one of them's got to. It's the law. Right. It's the law we have to kill off. You know, we can only have. Well, it's like the first one that dies in the horror movie is the black guy. Right. The, and the wisecracking black guy. Well, yes, of course, the white, you know, there's, there were some, have been some very uh, uh, questionable parody films over in, in the 90s and early 2000s um, that mocked uh, the movies of the 80s mm-hmm. um, and the, you know, jive talking. Uh, there's a word you don't hear, hear. There's a phrase you don't hear very often. That's very, <laughs> that's very much a product of its time. And, um, and I want to be clear that I'm not... I'm not I, – I, I don't want to seem like I'm dismissing the feelings of any one particular group. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm questioning more the, whether the, the trope is the kind of trope. I know it's a trope, but I think it's a broader trope than what some people are oh, complaining well, it's, it's about. Well, it, it's all – it's a, all the same it, thing. It's all a large trope. I mean it's a yeah. very large trope. It's, it's killing off a character to inspire another character. That's mm-hmm, the broad mm-hmm. trope, right? And that trope right. covers everybody. Right. Okay. But – We've also seen its subcategories, and this is just a new subcategory of it. And it's a specific subcategory because when you are, if you are adding in these characters, and they are still obviously going to be fewer in number, right? But if you have, if you have a limited number of gay characters or a limited number of black characters on The Walking Dead, um, and you start and you and you kill them off in a certain way, whether it's on that show or another show, but it's all the same kind of way. If that's the way that character dies, that mm-hmm. kind of character dies, right. and you are the viewing audience. But and, in the one hundred, everybody dies. Well, sure, in The Walking Dead, everybody dies too. Right. You know, if you if you're watching The Walking Dead and, and thinking that your your character that you like very much is not about to die, I have news, kids. Don't watch <laughs> the season finale. Well, because it, it would be different. I mean, if you're looking at something like Grey's Anatomy or sure. or which has been on for uh, I had no idea that show was still on the air. Well, I mean, there there are, <laughs> there are gay couples, oh, yeah, gay characters uh-huh. on, on right. Grey's Anatomy. They're not dead. Mm. You know, it's your your environment is going to determine That's a true. lot of what happens there's, with there's, your story. And, and like I said, with the 100, the body count is massive. But some of it, some of it is definitely context, right? So, so for example, in, in um, The Walking Dead, hmm. not only is 
it, it 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 draws attention to itself by the writing of that episode, right? right? So all those all the different things combined. You had the you had the big dramatic speech. You had her talking about her personal life. She's revealing details of her of her history, mm. and it's all in this one episode. And Dustin and I, both being writers, are going, "What are you doing? They're this just is like piled on. Yeah, they just like yeah. it's like here it is, and then right, and then you hit it with you know, then she dies." Spoiler alert for two episodes ago. And you're saying that it would be more effective to have all of that spread out over a number if of you, episodes. If you spread this out, right. if you'd spread this out over a number of episodes, and she died, she still mm-hmm. died. She died exactly the same way. She didn't even, but she didn't do the damn speech in front of it because that was like, that was the that was the red flag. Well, it was that was painting a target on the character. I mean, it doesn't matter what you know who what character it is. As right. soon as as soon as they get up there and go. You know, you guys are so lucky. I just want to be like you. You're toast. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're just, it doesn't, you know, but it was the cumulative effect of all of that during this episode, talking about how she, you know, she couldn't wait for Tara to get back and she found the, she found the, the can of soda that Tara's been craving. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole episode, that whole episode was just so full of so many Writer reached down and grabbed the character and turned them where they want to go. Right. I mean, if you literally had a hand come down from the heavens, <laughs> it would have been completely appropriate for what we were watching. So by the time it comes to the point where she dies, and especially if you look at last week's episode, where mm-hmm. every you know, where where several of the characters do exactly what that whole trope does. Right. It's like, we must avenge her. No, you no, you're being an idiot. Get, yeah. get, Carl, get behind the wall. Carl, get back in the house. Well, it's 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 ninety percent of the cast. Get back in the house because yeah. they're all being stupid. So it's when this stuff happens, and it is not not watching the one hundred. Okay, not having watched the one hundred, I can't tell. I can't speak to mm-hmm. whether or not you had that sense of inevitability. Where okay, there's two types of inevitability with this sort of thing. One is the slow doom, right? Right, where you're watching a character, you know, just you, know, you can't. You're watching that character move step by step to their doom, right? But it's organic, you know. It's the it's yeah the, that that didn't happen on the one hundred, and and I didn't see on you know as a writer as a, as a story. I'm I'm just watching the show uh-huh. just as a viewer, mm-hmm. and I'm not thinking ahead. Right, as far as anticipating where the story is going to go, because I I want it to play out organically sure, for me. Sure, sure. And when you have um, when you have the guy the advisor, and he's waving the gun around and he's just firing indiscriminately trying to kill Clark, mm-hmm. you know something bad is about to happen. Sure. And Lexa comes in and gets shot, mm-hmm. and it's a complete accident, and he doesn't mean to do it, and it's inadvertent. It's like, <gasps> it's it is. A moment that I sat there and went, oh, I didn't see that coming. Right. But in the context of the show, mm-hmm. I should see that coming for every character. Right. right. I mean, there are there are maybe there are maybe four characters on that entire show that might make it to the very end. You've got Clark, <laughs> Bellamy, Kane, and Clark's mom, Abby. Mm-hmm. Those are the four that I would see going, making it to the very end. Maybe Octavia, Bell, Bellamy's sister. Maybe Bellamy, Bellamy might die, but when you have, I mean, it, from the very beginning, 
your characters that st- that were central to the story right are dying from the very beginning i don't expect any of these characters to last mm-hmm. you know outside of your core group well here, so here's here's a question in in terms of the show mm-hmm. that character lexa or the the, the, the character who died yes lexa, lexa. how how central has she been to the story? She's been she's been well. I mean, she's she's a recurring character. She's mm-hmm. not she's not a lead, right? But Lexa is the commander of all of the grounders. Okay, and the grounders are divided into different factions. Mm-hmm. You have the the tree the tree people, which is her people. You have the ice people, and you know ice nation. And there's like twelve there's twelve tribes. Okay, and the sky crew the the guy the people who came from the from the orbiting station. Mm-hmm. That are now on the ground, they're the thirteenth. Okay. And the original idea was there are thirteen, um, thirteen groups, thirteen different uh, space stations that all got together. Well, the thirteenth Polaris is where they developed the the AI, Allie. Right. Allie decided humans are bad, and there's too many of them. And she basically went Skynet on everybody and launched all the all the missiles. And so all of the other twelve stations sat there and they went, "No, you're gonna you're gonna put that one down before we let you connect up to the rest of us, mm-hmm. because your machine just killed everybody. Right? We're not letting it on board our station." And she's like, "No, no, 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 no! I've got a new version. It's better. It, it's more intuitive. It'll 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 work with us." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no! Not here." And so what she ends up doing is destroying that station, takes the, takes the escape pod down. And, of course, she's got the, she's got the spacesuit for the commander. Right. So commander's on her, on her lapel, mm-hmm. and she's got the AI attached to, to her neck. Right. Okay, so she becomes the first commander, organizes everybody, all the survivors on the ground after the nuclear holocaust. You know, okay, Skynet. sure. So in terms of, of Lexa's story, she's basically been the one that's either working with the, 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 the Sky Crew to rescue their people out of the, the mountain stronghold. Mm-hmm. Or they've been at odds with each other because they're you – know, you're invaders to our, to our part of the world. Sure. And at, over time, it's been – there's been a lot of Lexa and Clark and Lexa and Clark trying to go back and forth and negotiate and betrayals and trust issues mm-hmm. and you know there's this it's almost like it's almost like Superman Batman if it's done right mm-hmm. I don't exactly understand your motives I don't think I like the way you do things but I'm starting right, right, to right. understand why you do things sure. and you know they they get to know each other they start to understand the circumstances that determine their decision. Right. And, of course, they get romantically involved. Okay. Right before Alexa dies. Of course. Well, and I think I think that's another part of the trope that we see is that yeah. you have – you if you have a character who suddenly has become – and I think, I think again, it, to me, the whole thing's an outgrowth of, of what was obvious when, when it, we called it fridging, when it became the obvious thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's let's introduce the character, let's give that character the great romantic thing with the hero, right? Um, hero or heroine, and then let's 
you know, give them a reason to 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 fight on or or take revenge or whatever it is. Ultimately, I really think it becomes it is such a lazy. I mean, in the context of a show, it may make perfect sense, but taken as a whole, right? Because mm-hmm. I think some shows, some shows do it well. Some shows, well, it, it didn't seem it didn't seem out of out of place in in this, right? I mean, how many because, gay, how, how many how many gay characters are on the show? I mean, um, real, I mean, idea wise. Well, you've got your lead, who's uh, now now she's bisexual, right? Yeah. Um, there is another couple on the show that is starting to get a little bit more focused in the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I don't, I, I don't know that anybody else really has sure. been established one way and then, or the other. And, and some, of, and some of that's the, some of that's the, it's the same. Again, it comes, it comes, it's the same problem with with being a black male on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. When you are a, when you, there's a small number of those characters on a show. Yeah, they stand out more, and whatever happens to them stands out more. And I get that, but it's, it feels like a double standard. It's like, well, you're going to have now. Wait, 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 wait. Well, before you say. <clears throat> because if we wanted to be treated like everybody else, well, this happens to everybody else, and but it shows up more when you're doing it to you know it. Okay, how many? What's well? How ma- at what point does it become acceptable then? At what percentage or what? Crappy proportion? writing? Never. No, 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 no. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about the trope. Well, I mean, it, it, well, if, okay, if, but if, the, the, the if trope should never become acceptable. Well, I'm not saying that, but if that is the way you tell the story, but there's something wrong. But there's nothing wrong with. Complaining about the fact if there are only if you've got a cast of I'm not saying they're wrong to complain. I'm saying that at what point does oh god it take it's gonna, it's it'll it'll take it'll take a lot more time than any of any of these things have. There's we still have the black guy dying first in horror movies trope. <laughs> we have not gotten rid of it. It's it wasn't it wasn't good when it was new. It's not good now. We, you know, we still have a minimal number of black male characters on The Walking Dead. We're at what season now? Yeah. It's because, because you are getting these characters that are representative of whatever group it is. Um, you know, there's, there's what? I think there's one Asian character, Asian American character on The Walking Dead. I think, I think it's just Glenn. I cannot think of another character mm-hmm. on the show and if you there's two on the 100 there are a lot of there are a lot of asian american fans mm-hmm. of glenn right and just well, and, sure. i mean well fan, then, man, fa- that only makes sense fan, fans of fans of every ethnicity like glenn glenn's an awesome character yeah. and if the walking dead plays out the way that the walking dead plays out in the comic Mm-hmm. Then, spoiler alert for a comic that was out years ago, and we'll but see if that does play out. Mm-hmm. And they're faithful to the comic. Mm-hmm. Then that's going to happen, not because Glenn's Asian, but you're going to have people complain that they killed off the Asian guy. Well, you're going to have two different reactions to that. You're going to have the folks who are watching the show. Who read the comic? Right. You're going to okay. You're going to have more. You're going to have more than two reactions. You're going to have the ones that sit there and go, "Yes, everybody in this show, with possibly the exception of Rick, possibly." 
I haven't seen what Andrew Lincoln's contract looks like, um, is going to die at some point. Right. I mean, if the show stays on the air much longer, how many years does The Walking Dead still have? Yeah. Who knows? But if you if it stretches out to ten years, attrition. Either 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 they save the world, which is not going to happen, or they then the show's over, or they wear them all down. Yeah. Right. Right. I think Carl's left at the end. That's <laughs> it's the only the one. And the Carl and the hat, Carl they all, the hat. are all that remain. Um, moral quandary. <laughs> we will send the moral quandary, Rick, so that Carl won't be alone. Um, <laughs> and the voices in his head. But if you, if, but the difference, I think, is going to be that there is going to be that percentage now that are going to look at it and say, you've killed off the only Asian character on the show. And they will be 100% right. Yes. That they have killed off the only Asian character on the show. But it's not because he's Asian. No. But um, The Walking Dead, I think viewing audiences have actually reconciled themselves to the minimum number of Asian characters because it's Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the South. Right. And um, while uh, you expect a much more accurate mix of black and white and honestly, probably more Hispanic, but certainly more black characters on the show. Yeah. Just by the, the sheer demographics of who lives there. Right. Asia, there's, I, I, certainly there are, are probably a very sizable number of, of Asian Americans in the southern states. But you don't think about that. Right. Um, they're probably in the cities. There's uh, a lot in Texas. Yeah, well, and, 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 yeah. They, and they probably, they're probably urban. Probably, you know, mm-hmm. they probably yeah. they're probably a lot more yeah. city city focused, and of course, the cities were death traps in The Walking Dead. Right. So, a significant chunk of them probably died off very, very early on. Um, with the rest of a significant chunk of the rest of humanity. Um. So, yes, be, I'm sure there will be someone who complains, but it's not going to be. We've had Glenn from the beginning. Mm-hmm. If you introduced Glenn two episodes ago. And then kill him off. And then kill him off. It's like, oh, look, here's a character that 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 is is we, we have we're representing a character now. Here, here is it is. the diversity character. Exactly. Oh, they're toast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that I think that's a large part for a lot of folks is that they get there. If you are looking, if you are watching a show and you see someone who, as a viewer, you can who's like you, and that's that's what all you know. We all want to see that in our entertainment. Mm-hmm. As much as we want the wish fulfillment of a Tony Stark as Iron Man or a you know a Superman or a Batman, things we are not going to be. Right. We like seeing people like us, either they look like us or they act like us or they're our sexuality or our religion or whatever it is. We want we relate to them, right? And that's just kind of the core of I mean that's that's entertainment period. That's that's yeah. storytelling period. You know what I would relate to? You would relate to... Another cup of coffee. Oh, God. Yeah, that'd be all right. We've, we've been going for almost an hour. <laughs> have not taken a break yet. We need to uh, We need to throw in our, uh, our uh, a word from our sponsor. You find folks at SuperheroStuff.com. I was wrong last week. You were. They are not running a Batman versus Superman uh, hero box anymore. They are doing Captain America Civil War hero box. Well, that seems appropriate because that's coming out here. Yes. And uh, since we have not broken into a Civil War here... Uh, I think we're making some progress. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what we're going to do, uh, we do have a plan. Our 115th anniversary, uh, I keep saying anniversary. Our 115th We are not episode, that old, sir. <laughs> I feel it. 
Our 115th episode yes. is our 100th episode with Superhero Stuff as a sponsor. And so what we're going to do, we're going to give away a hero box. Um, and I don't know what it's going to be yet because I don't know if the Captain America hero box will be the one that they're doing at that time or not. But uh, but uh, between now and then, we're gonna, we're working out all the details on that. But our 115th anniversary... Uh, Again. Why do I keep doing that? Because um, I've only had one cup of coffee today. That could today. be it, yeah. That's it. Okay, today? So the whole day? I know. Oh, God, yes. you're broken. I know. Folks, All I'm right. sorry. We have to... We have to he's, we're going to take a break, broken. and we will be right back <laughs> on H2O. Stand by. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com where heroes shop. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back, and so is our discussion of each and every episode as we gather down in the super-secret underground bunker at World Headquarters. Join us for recaps, analysis, and discussion, with a few digressions along the way, and you do have security clearance to listen. Level 117 every week, part of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, only on SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. This is meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention, be sure to check the weather. We have the latest forecast on the conventions page every week at SciFiForMe.com. Back on H2O, Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. Hello. I am reading a book. The deuce, you say. I am reading a book uh, for the fourth or fifth or sixth or something time. It's a book by Kevin J. Anderson. Who has never won a Hugo Award because last year he got beat by Noah. <coughs> I just and I'm sitting there thinking, at some point we might have to talk about that, but I don't wanna. I know, I know. You know, it's one of those things. It's another one of those topics. Folks, if you consider where we have oh, where we have man. gone tonight or with the the back and forth, Hugo's just makes sense. This this yeah. book is called Enemies and Allies. Uh huh. It is uh, the 1950s setting, first meeting between Batman and Superman. Ah, okay. It's a very good book. I wouldn't mind seeing this as a movie. I could see this as a movie. Man of Steel has a lot to learn from from stuff like this. Man of Steel happened several years ago. It's not learning anything. It's, Batman it's versus a Superman. It, it's, it's, it's stuff to learn. It's already out. It's, it's not going to learn anything. Zack Snyder could learn. That is a different. Stuff. That that's that's a possibility. Um, there's a 
there's a, a, a posting on the internet on, on Facebook I ran across today. It's a um, it's an outtake as a, a, a few pages from a Superman comic book. Mm-hmm. Pre New Fifty Two because he's got the red trunks. It's actually right. Superman, which is coming back. And um, there's a there's a jumper. Oh sure, yeah, that, 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 we've, we've seen that. A, we've seen that a lot. Rose. And he goes up, and he's just he's just hovering there. Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm just here as long as you need me to be here." And there's this 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 dialogue, this back and forth. Her, she's just buried her mother, and mm-hmm. all this depression and job and all that. And she says, "You you always keep your word." And he's like, "Yeah." She says, "Okay, you you've got to give me, you know, give me your word that you're not going to touch me. You're not going to try to save me. You're not going to grab me. And if I jump." You're going to let me jump. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, I give you my word. And at the end of all of this, and he's, and he's just having this conversation with her. Mm-hmm. And the, the comments on the thread are basically, you know, at, at the end of all of the, all of the panels of the, of the pages, he ends up saving her, of course, because sure, he's course. Superman. But the way he does it is not super speed grabber or anything like that. It's by talking to her, sure, and by sitting there saying, "I I get it. I know what you're going through. I know this is hard, and if you can't think of any reason why you would ever be happy again, then go ahead and jump." Sure. This is if you see yourself never having another day where you're happy. Okay. And she ends up, you know, realizing this is not the way to go, and, mm-hmm. and you know, he saves her. And the speech that he gives in that is is so heartfelt. And it's not a big action set. It's not a big, you know, it's not a big save or anything right. like that. It's just him being the guy. And the comment thread is is all of this is Superman. Zack Snyder needs to read these Superman stories. Zack Snyder needs to see this Superman. This is this Superman. Zack Snyder's never seen this Superman. And that's I mean, that's throughout the whole thread. Not only the comments of I really needed this mm-hmm. today type of comments. Sure. You know, people that were on the edge and they see this speech that he gives and they're like, Okay, I can make it another day. But the other comments saying Zack Snyder needs to see what a Superman story really is because he doesn't get Superman. He doesn't understand Superman. And after seeing Man of Steel and after seeing reviews of Batman versus Superman, I would probably be in that same camp that thinks that Zack Snyder has absolutely no idea what Superman is about. I w- and you made a comment Mm-hmm. Before we started recording, mm-hmm. about what kind of movie Zack Snyder wanted to make. Oh yeah, I think Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. This is a Batman movie. Batman versus Superman is a Batman movie. And watching this, I very much get the sense that Zack Snyder really wanted to make a Batman movie. And that's why I call it Batman Five. Well, yeah. No, because this is this is not Christian Bale's Batman. This is a new Batman. I know. 
So this is, um, and no, I, I mean, I completely get why you would, why you would want to call it that. But in, in, in all fair, in all fairness, I mean, considering that Nolan is still involved, yeah, but this even is even though it's peripheral. His, I'm going to go a lot of kudos to Ben Affleck on this. I think Ben Affleck, with the exception of the fact that his Batman is angrier than I want my Batman, and more violent than I want my Batman. Um, and more bitter. For me, for me, The Dark Knight Returns, which is heavily influenced this film, has not mm-hmm. aged well. Right. I have gone back and reread it. Um, it has not aged well for me. And it, it was driven. It was kind of driven home while watching the animated version of it. That there's an element of. And it's it's referenced in the comics. It's referenced in in the Dark Knight Returns and its sequel that there is a fascist subtext to the Batman of those comics. It's even it's referenced in there. I mean, it's right. you know he's called that. He's he implies that he gets it and understands it. There's a. <laughs> And there's too much of it in this film. There's an arrogance mm-hmm. that I can understand. And, and again, it keeps, for me, the the DCU right now is they really have done themselves such a big disservice by rooting it in reality. Right. It just, I mean, it's, it's, I it's flavored, it's colored, it's shaped the entire uh, uh, tone of these films. In a way that is, I mean, I get it from, okay, here's here's my problem. As a writer, I get it. Okay, you, you, you have the opportunity to tell the story of these iconic characters and root them in the real world and then let it play out. Who, how do you get from, uh, uh, you know, how do you get from this version of Superman to the ideal ideal version of Superman? How many films is it going to have to take? I don't think you're going to get there. Well, I just that's the question. It'll be a different director, because um, you could. Because uh, well, you haven't seen the film. I can't give away the spoiler. Mm. <laughs> but but it's Batman works. Batman roots better. Okay, and here's the funny thing because. Because uh, uh, Affleck's Batman is much more the comic book version of Batman mm-hmm. than Christian Bale was. But right. Bale's is the more realistic, rooted in the real world. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, but, it, so it's, 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 it's not quite, it doesn't feel like it quite lines up the way it ought to. No. <sighs> it's a frustrating film. Because I guess I'm gonna have to. See you're it. gonna have to see it, but I'm I'm telling you, go in thinking of it as an Elseworlds movie. Go in and th- go in and go in and thinking thinking of it. At, well, because it is. I mean, well, it's, and, and and the other reason I need to see it is because we're gonna we're gonna talk about it on Rogues Gallery on yeah. the next on the next Rogues Gallery and compare it to Supergirl Flash. Because that was fun. Well, see, that's what that's that how fun episode. That's how we know it's a multiverse. And and why? Because Flash said so. 
Well, that's sad. <laughs> but we also need that, that's that's why. You saw Jeff, that, did you see that episode? I haven't seen it yet. It's, oh, I, oh, you've I, got, I've got, got it. I've got it. I've got it. But this is on. It's on CBS. Oh, I know. This is why Jeff Johns. This is why Jeff Johns has to have, and I'm telling you, Jeff. He's got to be Kevin Feige. Jeff, you got to listen to me. Okay, this is what you do. If you haven't already thought of this, I'm, I'm, I'm very disappointed because I know you're a smart fellow. If you are not building to a crossover between your movie universe and your TV universe, you are doing yourself the same disservice, the same disservice that the MCU is doing right now by ignoring the television world. Okay. You have the opportunity here to at some point satisfy satisfy everyone who is critical of the of the two DCU movies we have right now and still remain true to everything you are doing that is that is happening because it's a multiverse because it's a multiverse and you could have really cool stories with this version of Batman and Superman meeting another version of Batman and Superman and everybody being true to themselves because Elseworlds is no longer a thing. Elseworlds hasn't been a thing Un- for unless they bring it back as part of Rebirth at some point. Well, they could, they could. but it is but the re- but Rebirth still has the multiverse too. They brought yeah. back the multiverse. Yes. So you don't need you don't need an Elseworlds. You're just telling it in a different universe. And that is DC Comics. Dear Warner Brothers, dear Warner <laughs> Brothers, I write to you today because if you have something that is a multiverse, which means you get to tell different versions of different characters, yeah. you get to show different versions and be true to the concept. You're not sitting there going, this didn't work because I have news. Man of Steel was an incredibly popular film. A lot of people really liked it. There are people, despite the fact the critics are not caring for it, and a lot of comic book fans, who are, especially the older comic book fans, yes. there are a lot of people who are really enjoying Batman versus Superman. Yeah, to the tune of over $500 million opening weekend. Yeah, so clearly they're, they're, they're rewarding it with their money, which is... But I would say that the people, the, 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 the $500 million comes more from the people that are chomping at the bit to finally see Superman and Batman in the same movie rather than, oh, I really need to see this movie. It's not this movie. It's and the Batman and Superman together. And the studio cares not one way. Right. I know. Yeah. So um, they have an opportunity here if they really, really want to run with it. And uh, quite frankly, from a financial standpoint, I don't see why you wouldn't want to. Because can you imagine? Mm. Sit there, and you've got a film where well, you've got three different versions of Batman all on the screen together. <laughs> Hello, yeah, it's going to be the Lego Batman movie. It's like it's like, I'm sorry, can I have all of your money now? And yeah. you'd be, we'd be like, that'll be the Lego Batman movie. Yes, please. Where all of them are going to show up. Wait, 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 wait. We get Christian Bale, Ben mm-hmm. Affleck, mm-hmm. and George Clooney. George Clooney <laughs> and the Lego Batman, but it's all live action. So the full-size the Lego, Lego Batman, Batman. <laughs> I would give you the money for this. So it's, you know, I... Well, and they could do that. He could be, Lego Batman could make a cameo in a toy shop. I'm, where yeah, you have all the different Lego, all the different Batmans or whatever, and somebody goes through there, and suddenly there's, they look. It's like, this is a thing in this universe? And, well, and they honestly, ba- based, on, based on the interaction between 
and and we did see a significant chunk of it in the trailer because and they also released the scene mm. prior where basically you got Clark and Bruce kind of sniping at each other at the at the party, mm-hmm. and there are a couple moments in there where it would have oh it, it, it's you know the subtext is so strong that if Ben Affleck and uh, had looked right at the camera and winked, you know it would have been like. Right. Okay. Yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, what you're doing right here, we 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 get it, and and it's it's actually for a film for a film that is too long, too serious. Um, those little moments of humor mm-hmm. really stand out. You're like, oh, going, sure. Like, oh, that was funny. Oh, Why it's don't we gone. Get more? Yeah. Oh well. Speaking of gone, we're gonna we're gonna head out. Um, we talked about stuff I didn't I didn't decide we were gonna talk about. We're all over yeah. the place. Uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, if you have opinions or comments or suggestions or thoughts that you'd like to share with us, we do have an email address h two o at sci fi for me dot com. Go ahead, rake me over the coals for being me. Um, and in the meantime, you can check out iTunes or Stitcher or your podcast player of choice and listen to our other shows uh, here on Sci-Fi for Me Radio. And you can get the latest news over at sci fi for mecom We've got a ton of stuff coming out of WonderCon uh, that we've been posting this week, so go check all of that out. And, of course, you can connect with us on the social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr. And that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, we talk about something bland and vanilla and boring. <laughs> uh, we'll have we'll have to see if we can find one of those yeah. things. <laughs> this has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Lenny Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio, 